we meet again at last. The circle is now complete. What's the world coming to? Well, you got a problem with what I did, Anthony? Oh, no. Hey, no. Fucking rat, anyway. So family's all rats. rats. Could have brought to be a rat. Yeah, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. Now you're gonna dig the fucking thing. You're gonna dig the hole. You're gonna do it. I got no fucking line. You're gonna fuck this. I think the fucking hole. I don't give a fuck. I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was pure and simple. Jesus Christ. Mister, you okay in there? Ah, put some vintage coffee around here someplace. Do you have any idea what the cost of your actions is? What their effect might be? Are you to give them hope? What do you give them? We give them happiness. And they give us authority. Today it's episode 55 of the Cinefellas podcast. Logan Myers and Niall Fortner talking for the first time on the phone and a lot of great content to cover today. So first of all, Niall, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well. I got some articles written and I saw some movies, actually. It's been a while since I've seen some movies, but I'm glad I'm finally catching up. Yeah, same here. The holidays have been crazy and I haven't been to the theater in two weeks since I went and saw Knives Out, but this week I'm going to go see Uncut Gems on Thursday, the new A24 film. So really excited about that. It has Adam Sandler, and it's supposed to be pretty good. According to the critics, they're saying it's one of the best of the year. Yeah, so, I know uh, that one. Adam Sandler's a, like a jewelry designer who turns into like a criminal or something. Yeah, he gets mixed up with some bad people, makes some bad bets, and it has to do with like sports and Kevin Garnett's in it and some other people. But he's pretty much like a scumbag, it looks like, and uh, it doesn't look like things turn out great for him in the film. But uh, it's a role we haven't seen from Adam Sandler, and he hasn't really been in any great movies as of late, kind of a lot of uh, stupid comedies. But this one looks pretty promising, so pretty excited about that coming out this Thursday. I'll definitely be reviewing that for our YouTube channel. Awesome. I'll look forward to that. And A24, you know, they always put out great stuff. I know, they're one of my favorites, for sure. Like, every movie they put out is, like, completely different, and they're all, like, super unique stories, too. A lot of great acting and just great films. One of my favorites out there next to Blumhouse, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the last movie I saw in the theater was maybe two weeks ago. I saw Doctor Sleep. Oh, what would you think of that? I absolutely love it, man. It's amazing. Of course, it's not going to be Stanley Kubrick, but, you know... Mike Flanagan doesn't need to be Stanley Kubrick. He did his own thing. He told his own story. I absolutely love it. Definitely. I love the the shots back at the Overlook Hotel, like how he recreated all of that and just looked beautiful. I felt like nobody went to go see it because it didn't make much of the box office, which is like super unfortunate because I thought it was probably one of the best films of the year. It really was. And this is my favorite performance from Rebecca Ferguson now. You know, I'm not familiar with her work. I didn't see her in anything else. This is the first time I've seen her in a movie, so she was fantastic. What other stuff has she been in? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, I know she was in that space movie Life with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, awesome. I've not seen that. Really? Gotta see, check it out. That's one of the movies I picked up uh, Black Friday a few years ago. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. the trailer for it. I just never got around to it for some odd reason, so I'm like, I'll have to check that out, because Rebecca Ferguson, and really great actress. 
I loved her portrayal of the villain in Doctor Sleep. Definitely one of the best villains of the year, for sure. You know who I would love to see direct a horror movie? Because to me, they have similar styles. I would love to see Christopher Nolan tackle a horror movie. Oh, that would be phenomenal. He's one of my favorite directors, or one of our favorite directors at uh, here at Cinefellas. And uh, Henry's actually named his son, Nolan, after Christopher Nolan, because that's how much he loves that director. I love to see him (laughs) tackle the horror genre. That'd be awesome. Yeah, my friend Jordan, his favorite movie is Inception. He loves Christopher Nolan. That's, that's a great movie. I haven't. I need to revisit that. I haven't watched that in a few years. But yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters, and just my mind was blown how great it was visually. Yeah, same here. I haven't seen it since the theater. So it's yeah. been like 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah, it's probably been around there. I know Nolan has a new movie coming out. It has, uh, it's coming out next year sometime. I cannot think of the name of it right now. Oh, yeah, I know what movie you're talking about. The one with uh, Denzel Washington's son. Uh, yeah, the one from exactly. Black Clansman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, that guy. He's a great actor. Sounds exactly like his dad when he talks. It sounds like Denzel. It's funny. Um, he does, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure that in the trailer, it was kind of a teaser trailer they released for the new Nolan flick, and I couldn't tell you what it's even about. It just looks like it's going to be messing with your mind, kind of like Inception. I can't think of one Christopher Nolan movie I don't dislike. I guess it mm-hmm. would be maybe Dunkirk. I love, I like the movie. But you don't really care for any of the characters. That's the only problem with I have with the movie. Yeah, you never really get attached to the characters. I mean, visually it looks great. The sound design, the sound, you know, obviously the planes and the gun shooting and all that was really well done. Filmed very well, just the characters are kind of lackluster. And have you checked oh, yeah. out Irishman at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We watched that around Thanksgiving and Henry and I were talking about it on the last podcast, how much we loved it. It's my favorite movie of the year, for sure. Yeah, it surpassed Avengers Endgame for me for favorite movie of the year. I'm still getting around to it. It's a very long movie. It's going to take me like three days to watch it. <laughs> it is. It's three and a half hours long. It's super long. Play. Yeah. To me, like, it would work really well as a TV series, too, from what I'm seeing so far. I'm only like an hour and a half in. Yeah. Oh, man, it gets even better towards the end. There's this, like, scene at the very end of the movie. It's, like, 20 minutes long, the sequence. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. It's really good. As your seat kind of uh, stuff going on in the film with uh, Jimmy Hoffa. It's super long. It took us two sittings to get through it. So whenever they release it on, like, uh, Blu-ray 4K, I'm going to watch it, pick it up, buy it, watch it, and try to make it through in one sitting. That's the one thing I feel like sucks with Netflix, though. They don't really release their movies on DVD or Blu-ray. I know, and that's really disappointing because, like, I have all Scorsese's films, you know, like Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. So this is the one, my favorite, one of my favorite ones by him, and one I have to add to my home collection. So hopefully they put it out on 4K because um, just the way it looks and just the visuals and the music and the movie, the characters are just really well done, and it's pretty much a perfect movie for me. Oh, oh yeah, and I love Joe Pesci. I'm glad he's back. <laughs> yeah, it was weird seeing him in a kind of a different role because he's not like a hothead and you know, like going to snap on somebody. He's kind of really calm and collect and quiet, but super intimidating. So it was great to see him come out of retirement. Yeah. But I want to get more Netflix movies like on like a physical format because uh, Mudbound, I wanted to get, never found it. Dolomite, I heard they're not putting that out either. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I heard that was really good with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's like Eddie Murphy is, like, back. Like, I love it. <laughs> he was, like, one of my favorite actors growing up, and it's great that he's coming back doing, like, comedy and more movies and stuff like that. It's great to see him back. 
No, because, you know, he was like um, Jim Carrey where he was trying to do, like, all these serious movies, which I like. I like when you try to do new things. But yeah. I had some problems with that last movie he did. What was it? Um, Mr. Church, that one. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Was it so it wasn't that good? It, it's okay, but everyone in the movie is like has a super well-developed character, except for the main title character of Mr. Church. So that was my one problem with the movie. Oh, that kind of stinks. If it's like one of the main characters and you don't have it all fleshed out, it's kind of silly. No, and it was originally supposed to be Sam Jackson in the movie. Oh, really? So they got Eddie Murphy yeah. instead? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was uh, watching recently on YouTube, uh, Eddie Murphy was like a riding with Jerry Seinfeld, and I'm like, man, Eddie Murphy's still hilarious. So just, like, the stories, he has a really great memory. He remembers, like, all this stuff from, like, back in the early 80s, like the street he was at and the bar, and he just a, seems like a really cool guy, person I would definitely want to meet. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's cool, man. And he did, um, like, I love The Golden Child. I actually have, like, I think I have that on Blu-ray. No, DVD, <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Good choice, mm-hmm. my friend. And I still need to check out The Mandalorian. I've been seeing your reviews, and I need to check it out. I only know Baby Yoda. That's all. Um, yeah, everybody knows that. It's kind of like a top phenomenon right now. Like, everybody knows about it from memes and gifts and things like that. But, yeah, it's it's, it's a solid show. I just uh, actually shot my review for Episode 5 last night. I have to get it posted sometime this week. But, yeah, it's solid. It just Each episode is like a new adventure, a new quest they go on. It's kind of like a video game um, where you yeah. go on this quest and you have to you – know, he basically goes on these bounties. He's got to, like, kill people off, and once he returns the people or kills them, he gets money. And then he basically upgrades his, like, outfit, his attire, his armor, and he comes across a lot of great characters that, you know, we're familiar with from the other Star Wars movies. He comes across those in the, in the TV show. It's just really well done, and I, my wife even loves it. She doesn't like Star Wars, but she is ready for the you know new episode to drop every Friday. She's really invested in it. It's a great show, so definitely check it out when you have a chance. Yeah, and from what I've seen, it almost has like a Western vibe to it. Yeah, it definitely does. It has that spaghetti Western feel to it. It's um, much like the original movies. It, it's in like the same kind of atmosphere. It also feels like Rogue One at the, time, at the same time. It's like really raw and gritty and like the Wild West, and it's uh, just really well done. Yeah, that's the Star Wars I like. That's dark and gritty and not this Disney era meant for kids to sell plush toys yeah. and, and blankets. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, same here. I'm like, all the newer Star Wars movies are pretty crappy. I just go back to the originals. was my favorite. Yeah, because you know what it is with these Star Wars movies? I feel like they make things up as they go along. Yeah, it's just not but, cohesive. You have all these different directors and too many people involved and studio interference, and it just... It doesn't work. It's too much going on and rewrites and reshoots, and it just doesn't feel like in the realm of the original Star Wars movies, which is kind of sad. And I love the original Star Wars characters, but I don't know about you. I'm ready to move on from those characters. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. I'm like, all right, we've seen them. It's time to move on to something different. You know, bring in some new characters that we actually care about and write the stories better and, you know, the script better. Oh, yeah, and they're even bringing back uh, Billy B. Williams, the space pimp himself. Lando. <laughs> yeah, Lando. <laughs> bringing him back. He's smooth and suave. I like that guy. My man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's the character we can understand. Like, I understand you want to bring him back, but, like, there's a part in the trailer with uh, C-3PO, and he's like, oh, I'm looking at you all for the last time, and I, and I was like, finally, good. Let's get something new. Yeah, right. <laughs> Since the 70s. 
I know. You know, Billy D. Williams is just there for the paycheck. He's like, ah, whatever. I'll just make a cameo. He's probably in the movie for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to his character back in the new movie. It's the final one, the final installment in the Skywalker saga, so we'll see how it all goes out. I'm, you know, on the fence about it. I'm excited, but I'm not expecting much. So I'd be happy just to be surprised and actually love it, but I guess we'll see here in a few weeks. Yes, definitely. And I want to see it. That's a movie I might have to, like, see on my own because no one in mm-hmm. my family likes Star Wars except me. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm the only one. I'm the sole survivor. Any any of your friends, Star Wars fans? Surprisingly, one. Aww. One? And he likes That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. He likes the new era of Star Wars. He likes the Disney era for Daisy Ridley and her character, Ray. Other than that, he's not, like, an OG Star Wars fan. Oh, jeez. That's unfortunate. Yeah. you got to force Star Wars friends down there that enjoy the original, you know, trilogy. This yeah. Is like, one of the best trilogies of all time. <clears throat> well, sometimes I wonder if I've even seen the original Star Wars trilogy. I know it's been changed up so much because I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sure they've edited it so many times. Yeah, they did. I know Return of the Jedi, they redid a bunch of stuff like Jabba the Hutt and made them like CGI looking. It looks terrible. So you got to find like the original cuts of the three films because they're a lot better. They're not ruined with like really bad CGI. And, you know, the next movie that uh, I actually plan on seeing with my family, we're going to see Queen and Slim and Knives Out. Ooh, good choice, my friend. Queen and Slim is supposed to be solid. I have not seen that yet, but Knives Out was really fantastic. Again, one of the better movies of the year, for sure. Really great murder mystery. And hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah, and I know it has, like, an all-star cast. Chris Evans, uh, Don Johnson, Anna De Armas, who has my respect again. I hated her in Knockout. But what was that with <laughs> Keanu Reeves? Uh, knock Knock. Yeah. Knock Knock, yep. Yeah, and now oh. she's the Bond girl, so I'm like... We can be friends again. And, <laughs> yeah, it has, like, an all-star cast. That's one of the reasons I want to see it. It's like Clue, the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's much like, mm-hmm. you know, Tim Curry Clue from the 80s. Really fantastic mm-hmm. movie. You know, like, setting up the death of his father. And then Daniel Craig's character, which is the best of the movie, comes in as this, like, private investigator, detective guy from Louisiana and trying to figure out what exactly happened to the father that night. And, it, you know, unravels the story, a lot of twists and turns along the way. A really cool ending, too. Something I didn't predict. So I really enjoy those types of movies that keep you guessing, and Knives Out is definitely one of those. And Daniel Craig is trying to get as far away as he can as being James Bond to the point where he even had a southern accent in the trailer. <laughs> right, exactly. And he was in Logan Lucky, and he had, like, a southern accent, so it's pretty funny. Um, and I, we were talking about this in the last podcast. I have not seen any of the, uh, Daniel Craig Bond movies. I haven't seen any of them since, uh, Pierce Brosnan in like the nineties. Oh so, man, really? Yeah. I don't know why. It just flew under the radar. I just, I don't know. Like, it's not like I don't like them. I just never got around to seeing them, I guess. Casino so Royale is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I saw yeah. it. I like it. There's only one scene I don't like. It's the scene where they're, uh, playing poker or whatever. And if you want to, watch a poker game for 20 minutes, then I guess it's for you, but I hate that scene. It's very long. And what was after Casino Royale? Uh, Quantum of Solace was okay. I actually have a poster of Quantum of Solace, actually. Skyfall was the best one. That's the one I would recommend. Yeah, that's what Henry was saying. He was like, Skyfall is like the best, one of the best Bond movies ever. So I'm looking forward, but I'm going to watch them in order. So I'll go Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace to Skyfall and then they got the new one coming out next year, so I'll be caught up by then. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I forgot Spectrum, which I thought was very boring. Spectrum? Yeah. Uh, when did that come out? Was that, like, the most recent? I think that was the last one that came out, like, three years ago, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the British Bond movie, that's like, I understand they want to make it serious, but sometimes it's a little... I like the cartoony James Bond, me personally. Yeah. They like the older, old school one. I liked uh, Sean Connery as Bond back in the day, like the 60s. I thought he was cool. And then Pierce Brosnan, it was just brought in because he was good looking in the 90s and not really intimidating, where Daniel Craig seems more of like a badass. He's more intimidating instead of the good look. Yeah, and I like the Daniel Craig ones because it's almost like he's psychotic in the new James Bond movies, where they're doing new stuff with the character, which is awesome, but like, it's almost like he has this look on his face of, oh, I'm not here for the Bond girl. I just want to kill people. That's the only enjoyment I get. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's like a different yeah. take on a character. Which like a psychotic James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, psychotic. Like, you don't know what he's <laughs> going to do. He'd probably just kill you or, I don't know. But you know what uh, What we have to talk about, right? Next thing, yeah. the next trailer that came out. Yeah. Gotta talk about Wonder Woman, Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what it looks like in the, visually in the, the uh, bright, vibrant colors and everything like that. <laughs> 1984. So I got to ask you what your thoughts are on that because you're a huge Wonder Woman fan. You, you do all the you know Gal Gadot videos on our YouTube channel. You're obviously a huge fan. So what are your uh, first reaction to the trailer? What did you think? My first reaction was it looks good. I like the whole Ragnarok feel of it, but I like how they're taking Captain Marvel but making it ten years earlier if that makes any sense. So you can definitely see the inspiration, but I'm definitely down to see it. And Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal, uh, I love his hair piece. He looks funny in the movie. So this one seems like they're really leaning more on comedy, so I'll I'll take it. I just uh, watched it, and I had a really great time with it. Obviously, my favorite era is the 80s. I love 80s music and movies and stuff like that. And the overall feel, kind of the atmosphere they're going for, really works for me. But at the same time, it's becoming a little tired of the whole nostalgic and uh, feel right. the 80s, everybody's cashing in on it, you know, and Stranger Things and movies and reboots. You know, it's beginning to get a little tired and uh, regurgitated. So um, I do like this, though. 1984 does look good. I love the opening song they use in the trailer, which is uh, was a Blue Monday. Yeah, I love the feel of it. It looks great. and But there is one small flaw, but to me, DC doesn't even have a universe anymore. And Batman no. versus Superman, I'm going to drop some nerd knowledge on you. And Batman okay. versus Superman, uh, they said Wonder Woman has not showed up for over 100 years. Then this is in the 80s. That mm-hmm. would actually be a fair interview question, I think. Yeah, so just a little flaw there, but, you know, I'll take it. To me, there's not even a cinematic universe anymore. Right. It seems like mm-hmm. in the DC universe, they don't know what the hell they're doing or where it goes from here. But, um, you know, Wonder Woman made a lot of money at the box office. It was one of their best standalone films. I love the, the movie. Gal Gadot was really phenomenal in this character. And um, just from the trailer from 1984, it looks like it's a solid follow-up, a solid sequel. Get a little glimpse of Chris Pine and his 80s gear showing up in the trailer. One thing I hope, too, because I feel like they might go the easy route, where in the first time, the first movie, it was, you know, the fish out of water story where Chris Pine and Wonder Woman, it was like, oh, she's the full fish out of story type of thing. Now they're reversing the role where Chris Pine is the fish out of water. So it's like, okay, that's an easy way to write it. Oh, yeah, he walked up to the trash can, and he was like, oh, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's a trash can. So they're kind of doing the same thing. When is that released? Is it sometime 2020, right? Uh, It's June 5th, 2020. 
2020. I knew it. June 5th, 2020. So next summer is going to be a summer blockbuster, rejuvenating the uh, DC universe. I was hoping they would do another uh, Superman movie with Henry Cavill, but uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be happening. Yeah, I remember in Shazam, they, like, popped off the guy's head, and it's like they can even get Shazam to, like, have a real Superman or whatever. Like, they just propped off his head. <laughs> it was kind of funny to me. Yeah, it was. I remember I went to see Shazam uh, by myself, and it was a, a theater full of kids, like 12-year-olds, because there was, like, yeah. uh, spring break or something, so it was kind of weird sitting next to all these little kids. But I'm like, really enjoyed Shazam. I went in with super low expectations, and I came out, and I'm like, wow, that was really well done. This is a really great superhero movie that, you know, had a feel of Tom Hanks and Big and a lot of great stuff from back in the day and just um really great film. So I think between Shazam and Wonder Woman, I mean, they have two great characters in that universe. They need to, you know, make movies with those characters. Yeah. It's funny what you mentioned about uh, being the only adult in the theater. Yeah, for Toy Story, I was the only adult in the theater. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And there was these kids in front of me, and they were like, my big brother has Toy Story on DVD. And I'm like, I got it on VHS. You, you kids don't know. <laughs> don't even compare, because I have it on the original their original tape, a VHS, okay? I, I still do. Yeah, same here. I still have all the old Disney, the early Pixar movies on VHS. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, The Rock, they announced the Shazam 2. The, the Rock is going to be in it. Or is it Black Adam? They've been throwing that around forever. But it's finally happening. They, they put it on their website now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, I posted, I think it was yesterday, they announced it at the CCXP uh, convention in Brazil that Shazam 2 is happening, but I wasn't sure about Black Adam, if he was going to be in it, The Rock. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, the people's champion. He, he has to lay the smack down on Shazam at least once, like do a wrestling oh. move. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, he will. He'll do it. Mm-hmm. He'll play the old wrestling moves. <laughs> What's the Rock cooking? He just, like, lays yeah. them out. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday they had the trailer for Ghostbusters, too. Oh, that was so exciting. I've been, like, patiently awaiting that trailer for the past few weeks. They said they're going to be dropping it, so I've been checking every day, kind of refreshing the browser. I'm like, are they going to post it? Are they going to you know, <laughs> post the Ghostbusters Afterlife? And they finally did, and I'm so excited. I thought it looked really great. I thought it had a really great tone to it. It's definitely the next chapter in the Ghostbusters kind of passing down the torch to the kids, taking over. Um, It's cool tie-in that uh, they're Egon's grandkids, Mm -hmm. and kind of Grace, I think is their name, the actress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Grandkids of Egon, and then you have Carrie Coon playing the mom, and then Paul Rudd in the the trailer was really great, kind of giving them some knowledge about the original Ghostbusters and the ghost trap and how, you know, it was The Walking Dead back in the back in the eighties for the original Ghostbusters, so a lot of great tie-ins there. The overall feel of the trailer is re- really great, and um, I'm excited for the next chapter. And what do you think about it? Same here. I I, I think they're gonna pull a, I guess Halloween 2018 or a Terminator Dark State where they're ignoring the last movie. I didn't see yeah. the last movie. I, I don't know anything about it. I, from what I heard, I don't really need to see it, so I kind of don't feel the need to see it. I saw when it came out and honestly I don't remember much. It wasn't good. That's all I remember. <laughs> I only were, yeah. we're fine. It's just the story was stupid. It didn't make sense. Okay. I only know the first Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters. That's all I know. The OGs, the real ones, right? Yeah. The one the female cast, I'm not saying I meant they're good actresses. I think it was just the overall script and the directing was terrible. It just didn't work. It's not a movie you really need to waste your time on. Just Well, I'll forget that it was even made. <laughs> yeah. And you know, uh, speaking of Terminator, did you you reviewed that one, right? 
Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, I saw it recently. It was okay. Yeah, that's how I pretty much saw it. It was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just okay. But I was hoping they would do more with it and make it, you know, more relevant to the first two movies. But it, I mean, the CGI was just really bad in the movie, honestly. That's what took me out of most of the movie. I'm like, how do you put a movie out in 2019 and the CGI looks worse? than it did back in the early 90s. I'm like, how's that possible? Right. Apparently, James Cameron and Tim Miller actually did not get along on the set, they said. I read that somewhere. Yeah, I read that too. Like, creative differences and their button heads and the visual effects was terrible. (laughs) I don't blame him. He's right. How are you going to have James Cameron give you criticism and you don't take it? Right. He knows a thing or two. He's only made billions of dollars and made great movies. (laughs) Like, I mean, listen to the guy. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. And... Like, to me, I actually kind of like Terminator 3 more, Rise of the Machines, more than this marketed Terminator 3. And I think you and I, I think I commented on Facebook where I said something like, what Terminator needs is like a good 10 years off, reboot it, give it a new direction. I would get the director of Blade Runner 2049. He's one of my favorite directors right now. Yes, me too. He would be perfect for like kicking on Terminator down the road because just the way Blade Runner 2049, one of the best movies of the past 10 years in my opinion i love um, that movie so do i watch it that was the first 4k movie i bought and i just watched it over and over again just the music and the whole atmosphere and the cinematography just beautiful beautiful movie dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve, yeah yeah yep yep and he's really a fantastic director yeah he'd be a perfect fit for the next chapter in terminator but they need need to give it a rest for a while no more Terminator for, like, five or ten years. <laughs> exactly. And then if they want to, which this is just my idea. I'm making up my own movie here. But, like, you can have Arnold Schwarzenegger in the next one, but as a very small character. And what he mm-hmm. could be is he could be, like, the human being that the Terminator's concept is based off. They need us on the next Terminator set, for real. Yeah, they're they're going to hire us to write the script, and we're also going to be uh, directing and producing, doing jack-of-all-trades. But at least we'll get, like, $10 million a piece, so it'd be worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good little bit of change. <laughs> Heck yeah. And I'm like, hire us. I mean, we're creative and think of original ideas. Mm-hmm. We're available for hire. And the only reason I feel like Terminator Salvation gets hate is because people don't like to say the fact that someone named Mick G directed a Terminator movie. Mick yeah. G, the guy that always makes all the music videos? <laughs> yeah. Like it's... It's an, Irish, it's an Irish rapper. Sounds like McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> it does. You know who else has yeah. a, like a crazy, funny name? Like I always thought this. I was thinking about opening up the Cinefellas podcast saying this, but like something with Zazzy Beats. That sounds like a brand of headphones. Yeah, it does. I'm like, I got the Zazzy Beats, uh, you know, headphones right now. It sound really great, crisp. You should purchase those. <laughs> <laughs> for the Christmas season. But I, I love that actress. She was great in Joker. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Her career's kind of blowing up. Yeah, two of the highest grossing R-rated movies of all time. She's in it. I'm like, hey, she's doing something right. She's a fantastic actress. So I'm looking forward to seeing where her career goes, how many more bigger films she's going to be in. I'm sure they'll do Deadpool 3 down the line. Oh, they have to. I love those movies. There's a lot of hate on the second one, but I still love them. I think they're hilarious. I, I like the second one more than the first one, actually. Yeah, that's that's how I feel, too. I like the mm-hmm. introduction of, like, Cable, and I thought it was just a better movie. It's just all-around funnier and just a better movie. And better action. You have the guys who behind John Wick doing it. Yeah, exactly. So all the action scenes, like, 
Or is that the scene with the plane or the helicopter or whatever? How did you feel about the trailer for Black Widow? Oh, I love it. I'm really excited for the next phase, for sure. I love all the actors and actresses in the movie. David Harbour. We have uh, Florence Pugh from Midsummer, And uh, she was uh, wrestling with my family. She's a great actress. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited for that. It looks good from yeah, the trailer. We get a little... Get a little taste of it. What we're gonna get? But they need to fat, stop fat shaming David Harbour. I'm starting to feel bad for him because everything he's in, they, they got to mention. Oh, he's fat or he's chunky or whatever. Even in Hellboy, it's like they gave him like a fake six pack. But I'm like, his body's fine to me. Like, no need to say all of that. Yeah, I don't rip I, on the guy. He's a fa- fantastic actor. It's like he is. Yeah, maybe he's not skin and bones. He's just normal looking and healthy. I'm gonna leave him alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I actually like him as Hellboy. I just did not like the actual Hellboy movie. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I went by myself, and there was like two people in the theater, but I'm like, I had a good time with it. There's some really great kill scenes in it, and you know, it it is what it is. It's not like the original Ron Perlman, but it had some good you know aspects about it. But uh, yeah, in terms of Black Widow, you know, Scarlett Joe returning. Obviously, this movie takes place, obviously, before Endgame and everything, so we know the fate of Black Widow's character. I don't know exactly what year this takes place in, but, uh, I, you know, it's it's cool seeing all these characters and her family. She's got her sister played by Florence Pugh, and I think her other sister's played by Rachel Weisz, and they all got really shitty, fake Russian accents. That was kind of funny about it. But It, looks it takes place between uh, – it takes place around Civil War, oh, okay. between Civil okay. War. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That's cool, though. I'm glad she gets her own standalone film. We'll see what happens. If any other familiar faces show up in the movie. Yeah, I would have preferred Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow getting a movie before Captain Marvel. Yeah, me too. Uh, I wonder why they did it that way. Doesn't make sense. Captain Marvel towards the end, you know, towards the end of the phase. Like, why didn't they just do a Black Widow movie before that and then introduce Captain Marvel at the very end for the next phase? I don't know. They just push Captain Marvel only because she actually has powers that's something in the market. But I actually do have some theories that I think for Black Widow, I think they should uh-huh. connect it somehow to Disney+. Plus. That way, because, you know, nobody's talking about Disney+, Plus anymore, because I guess their seven-day trial expired. Yes! But I think that would be a smart way to connect it to the Disney Plus shows, because we have the Loki show coming out. We have, um, what else, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision, WandaVision, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to because they're taking it after Endgame. I feel like they're going in the right direction. They need to take it easy and go to the smaller screen. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's a good idea that they do kind of transition that over to the streaming platform. It would be cool to you know see Black Widow's character and all the other characters like work together or intertwines into one. You know, it'd be cool to see the next chapter in these these characters' lives. Oh yeah, and for one, you'll like one division because. It's, they said there will be elements of horror in there. Yeah, for sure. And plus, I like the two characters in in this show. And they just released a picture of it. Paul Bettany. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth, there's too many Olsen's. Elizabeth Olsen, <laughs> yeah, playing the two characters. It looks like back in the 50s or something, black and white. So got a little taste of that. So that's going to be interesting to see what exactly happens in that show, what happens with their characters. And if they introduce horror, that means they can introduce Blade. Yes, my favorite one. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Yep, I love the original movies. And then, then bringing in a new actor to play Blade, Marisha Ali, one of my favorite actors. He's going to kill it as Blade. What do you think? Yeah, he was great in Alita Battle Angel. To me, that was pretty much his audition for Blade. They saw him in the black coat and sunglasses, and they're like, you got it? Yeah, that, and I, I predicted it on one of my uh, – I reviewed Alita – 
I'm like, he looks like the new Blade. And then, like, a month later, they're like, yeah, he's playing the new Blade in 2023 <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, I predicted it. It's all because of me. Thank you. One of my friends, Robert, uh, that's his favorite movie. Yeah, it was cool. James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez did it. And uh, one of the better uh, visual effects, for sure. I like just everything looked really top-notch in that movie. And I know uh, I didn't see this one, but some of my class was talking about it. Uh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, they said that it, they actually liked it, but they said what the problem was is they focused too much on not connecting it to like the they, or they excuse me they tried too hard to connect it to the TV series and the older movies. So I, I always oh, like hearing yeah. other people's opinion on movies and what like because everyone has a different take yeah i'm wondering like i didn't see it and like how would they even tie that in from a show back in the 70s that doesn't make any sense just i only saw like some little clips of the movie like there's a part where um what's her name Kristen stewart uh she's like oh more money more horses like like how people say more money more problems and she's like more money more horses and i'm like what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Stupid. So, Stupid. Yeah. But I'm actually doing this thing now where I'm trying to, like, I want to do, like, watch movies from the decade because, you know, 2020 is coming back. And I want to revisit some of my favorite movies again. And I actually went yeah. back and I don't know if this is one of my favorite movies of the decade, but I love it. I love Whiplash. Whiplash? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would consider oh. that one of the best of the decade, but I, I saw it on the shelf and I'm like, I want to see it. Right? Isn't that awesome? Just, like, sometimes you just look at your shelf and like, man, I need to revisit that. That's a really good movie. Like, I, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, I should, like, watch that again and, and talk about it, review it. Like, a movie I haven't seen in, like, 10 years, you know, and see if my opinion of the movie changed over the years, you know? No, that happens to me all the time where I'll see a movie and, like, oh, I like it. And then I'll see it years later, and I'm like, what the hell was wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just how you change. You know, you grow up, you get taste in different things, and... You start analyzing film in different ways and you have a different opinion of a movie that you previously loved. And now you're like, ah, I just like it now. It's not as good as I remember. And as someone who also has, like, DVDs and Blu-rays, I'm sure you can relate to this. I just have a shelf of Blu-rays and DVDs and even VHS tapes. They just sit there collecting dust over the years. But there's something about pulling it off the shelf, grabbing it, and then when you actually put it in the machine, it's like you're in heaven. You're like a kid again. Yeah, dude, for sure. That's I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I'm looking at my shelf right now, like all the Blu-rays and 4Ks and other movies, and like, God, it's really dusty. But I really want to revisit <laughs> Boondock Saints or you know whatever or Batman. You know, I haven't watched it in forever. No, like there's something like I recently saw The Dark Knight Rises. I haven't seen that since the theater, but I have the Blu-ray, and I saw the Blu-ray for the first time finally. And there's just you think? something about that. I still like it. I like it honestly, because what I like about The Dark Knight Rises is you know, we have all these movies talking about Batman, we get it, but they focus a lot of focus on, you know, actual who is Bruce Wayne as a person, as a man, and I actually like that aspect. When I saw it all those years ago, I didn't like that aspect. I thought it was boring, but I'm like, I, I you learn to appreciate new things. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that, and Dark Knight Rises is probably one of my favorites of the trilogy, obviously, next to Dark Knight. Uh, Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. Was it Batman Begins? Was the first one? Not as much. I, I, the Dark Knight Rises is one of my favorites. I love Tom Hardy playing Bane and 
an older version of Batman played by Christian Bale. He's like hurt. He's really aging, and you, you see him torn and questioning life and different things in his life as he gets older. I thought it was just the storytelling was really well done, and I love the you know introduction of Bane into the film as well. Oh yeah, like DC, they're pretty good with those types of stories, which is I think that's what they need to do and stop trying to be like Marvel, which they're doing their own thing, like with Watchmen and all of that, the, the TV show. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and like, stop copying Marvel. Just do your own thing. Just write good stories and, and, and make great characters that people care about and invest in. And that's when you have a good movie or a good TV show. If you don't have the characters, if you don't have the story, you don't have anything. So that's what they need to focus on moving forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I know some movies actually came out today. I know it Chapter 2 came out. It came out today, yes. That is right. We're doing the uh, Fellows Giveaway this Thursday, the 12th. We're going to be giving away a digital code to one lucky follower. And I'll be posting that video on Thursday, but uh, I loved It Chapter 2. And that's, I didn't like it as much as the first one, but I, I thought it was a pretty good ending to the story, essentially what happens to the, to the losers 27 years later when they're adults. So that was really well done. I like the adult cast for the most part. Yeah, same here. The only thing is, which I think we, we talked about it, I would make Jessica Chastain's character Beverly. I would have gotten Amy Adams, but that's just nitpicking. That's me, too. I am with you. I've been saying that since day one. I'm like, Amy Adams looks exactly like, you know, the young Beth from the first movie. They look exactly alike. Amy Adams is in that show, uh, Sharp Objects, on HBO, and then the young actress from It was in that TV show with her. So uh, I'm like, why didn't they just cast Amy Adams as the adult Beverly? Didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess Jessica Chastain, they might see her as a bigger name. Yeah, and she worked with Andy Muschietti before, too, and I think Mama or whatever that movie was, so maybe they have a relationship. I do have that movie. I got it from the library. I, I forgot all about that movie. Yeah, that was Muschietti and uh, Chastain was in it, so makes sense why he would bring her into it, Chapter 2. And they also had the trailer for The Boys Season 2. Oh, I cannot wait. I loved the first season. That was a show I'm like, didn't really know much about, didn't really know about the characters, and I, I played an episode. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic, and then I just ended up binging it. <laughs> so um, yeah, same here. It's, it's a second season. I'm really looking forward to that. It looks like there's more blood, more gore, more killing, and just perfect for, you know, the premise of the boys. And one movie I actually wanted to see, but I just never got around to it, was Jojo Rabbit. Did you ever see that one? No, I didn't see that either. It was on my list to see at the theaters. Never got around to it, but supposedly it's pretty good. Oh yeah, my one of my fr- uh, my cousin actually saw it. He said it was pretty good, but like, it, it never came to my area because I don't get those like smaller independent movies all the time, and it really sucks yeah. when I don't get them. Every now and then we get like smaller independent films, but not like consistently. So sometimes I'll be playing locally, and sometimes I won't. We have to go like downtown Chicago to see them, which is a pain in the ass to get to. It takes about an hour and a half to get downtown from where I live. So I usually oh, prefer if they play the indies closer by because I live about a mile from an AMC theater, and I had that mm-hmm. AMC card, so it's like twenty bucks a month. You can see three movies a week, so we just go to the local one. It's super close to the house, which is really convenient for us. Yeah, I go to a Cinemark, in Daisy, Florida. Yeah, they have like this whole Egyptian theme for a theater. You can go upstairs and you can get something to eat, and it's like real food. Not just popcorn and, like, processed cheese. They actually serve good food. If you're ever down here, I'll take you. I'll treat you. Yeah, for sure. We've definitely got to come down there. I've been to Florida since, like, 10, 
probably 10 years ago. It's been a long time. I'll show you my neck of the woods in the theaters and all of that. Yeah, for sure. My wife knows all that area. She lived down in Florida for like three or four years. So I was telling her, like, you know, where you live. She's like, oh, yeah, I know where that's at. I've been there. Yeah, she used to work at, uh, what the hell was the name of that restaurant you were at? I'm drawing a blank right now. You, you mentioned Tijuana Flats. There you go. Tijuana Flats, yes. She sure. worked at the one down in Gainesville. And it was funny because you were there. I'm like, holy shit. You know, it'd be funny if it was the same restaurant she worked at like 10 years ago. And then, like, I also go to AMC, which is, like, not even 10 minutes from my house. That AMC, they always go at all their theater props, and I take them. Oh, you're lucky. They never have anything at my theater. Never. I always ask. They're like, yeah, we don't have anything. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You should definitely hang on to those. I do. I have so many. I have hundred, I have over 200 movie posters. Yeah, that's crazy. See, I have, like, an unfinished basement. I have a lot of room to put movie merch. I just never get it. <laughs> I got your poster. Yeah, the poster you got me, I, I framed that down in the basement. The Cinephilus Studios, which is basically my basement. Oh, I'm glad you like it. They were throwing it out, and I'm like, oh, this is too good. And I know you, you love that movie. You love the 80s, so I'm like, you love it. Yeah, I really appreciated that, and I'm like, Going up to Michael's got a frame for it. So it's up there with my Lost Boys poster. I have Avengers Infinity War. I got like an old Star Wars poster, a Goonies poster, a lot of old movies basically. So it's yeah. up in the walls. It's in the Phillips studio. Yeah, I have your clockwork orange one. I haven't, I don't have it framed, but I have it like up, like with a nail. I, I love it. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I know you love that movie. So it was a cool poster. I'm like, you got to add that to your collection. Oh, yeah, I have the vinyl next to it. Oh, even better. Vinyl's a good uh, – I like collecting vinyl as well. It's good. Uh, we're all about the physical media. <laughs> we really are, yeah. And, you know, people always come to me like, why do you need it physical? It's streaming. It's just not the same to me. Not the same. I like having it on a shelf in my house. I like looking at it and touching it every once every 10 years. <laughs> Yo, smelling it. Okay, now I'm getting weird. <laughs> It just announced the new Conjuring 3 movie called The Devil Made Me Do It. It's going to be put out by Warner Brothers, I believe, next year. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga returning in the new film. Uh, how do you feel about that? Are you excited for the new, the newest chapter in the Conjuring universe? I am. I actually like all the Conjuring movies except the ones that take place in the within the Conjuring universe. Like uh, what that the, the Nun. Uh, God, I can't remember. Uh, the Curse of Lila Rona. Annabelle. Yeah. But I know they're doing the Crooked Man spinoff. That might be okay. But the only Annabelle one I thought was decent was the second one. Uh, the third one I fell asleep on. The one where they actually brought in Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. And the mm -hmm. first one I thought was atrocious. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, the Nun was probably one of the worst movies of the last year. It was awful. Nothing scary yeah. about it. I like mm -hmm. the second Annabelle movie, like you were saying. That was directed by David F. Uh, Sandberg, the guy that did uh, Shazam. Right. So that movie was really good, and yeah, the other two Annabelle movies were terrible. So, um, it, you know, in terms of movies, The Conjuring are the best for sure because it's just better acting, and they're pretty scary. I mean, there's a lot of good jump scares in those movies, and really built a great atmosphere. I just wish the other films, standalone films, were better. But hopefully, with uh, Conjuring Three, they'll uh, have these characters return, and it'll be pretty spooky. Oh yeah, definitely. I actually have faith in the Conjuring movies. So, my thing is like Annabelle. It's just the laziest horror character I've ever seen in my life. Like, he just sits in a chair, and it's like, well, goddamn, the doll must have did it. It costs, like, $5 to make. I know. I know. It's like there's no thought process in it. It's not scary. The mm -hmm. doll's not even that really that scary looking. Uh, like, you know, like Chucky, the original Chucky, I thought it was creepy looking. 
But yeah, Annabelle Annabelle doll just doesn't do anything for me in stupid movies. Well, compared to the real Annabelle doll, and I'm putting that in quotations, it's just the Raggedy Ann doll. So for the movie, they did lie a little bit and tried to make the doll creepier than just the Raggedy Ann doll. You know, I think the Raggedy Ann doll is creepier than the doll they used in the movie. I think it's pretty creepy looking. I remember seeing those back when I was a kid. Like, everybody had those dolls. And it makes it even just reminds me of being a kid. I'm like, it's haunted, you know? It scares me. <laughs> but, yeah, that's coming out probably next year, so I'm sure it'll be pretty solid, but we don't have anything besides the title of the movie. They released an image of The Conjuring 3. The Devil Made Me Do It, so. Yeah, what is it called again? The Conjuring Aftermath? No, The Conjuring 3. The Devil Made Me Do It. Oh, I don't know what. Oh, God, I'm going crazy. The Devil Made Me Do It. Okay. Yeah, you're thinking of Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in terms of what we're talking about, you know, the Conjuring spooky stuff, they also released that Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, that's on Netflix, Part 3, will be returning to the streaming platform in January. My wife and I are huge fans of that TV show. Kiernan Shipka, she's from Chicago, she uh, plays Sabrina in a super, super dark uh, TV show, like way darker than the original show in the 90s with uh, uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, I love the new the new series, so it's gonna be cool. Part three takes place in hell. Uh, Sabrina's gonna be going down to hell, and it's gonna get probably pretty dark and and eerie uh, more than the first two seasons. So I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Have you watched uh, Sabrina? Yeah, I watched the first season, and from that first season, they're taking a lot of inspiration from the modern comics. Actually, I don't know if you checked out the comics. I haven't. I wanted to though. I've seen them at comic book stores, but they they don't have all the issues. I want to start from the beginning. They just have, like, random ones, so I, I do want to check them out, though. And then it's interesting you mentioned she goes to hell this season because that's something that happened in the comics. So my thing is I read the comics. I want to finish watching it. i only seen season one, but season two I need to get on. They're remaking Black Christmas. You just reminded me. Yeah, I love the original from the 80s. This is a good slasher flick, but the uh, trailer basically, the new the trailer for the new movie basically gives it all away, what exactly happened yeah. in the movie. And didn't they remake it in, like, 2005? I think so. I don't I, – I, I vaguely remember seeing something about that back in, like, whenever it came out. But uh, obviously like, it wasn't memorable, so. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, no creativity, so it's like they just remake remakes now. Especially in, like, horror movies. They just keep, like, re, like reboots, you know, the, the sequel, reimagining. It's like, just come up with a new idea. Which reminds me of American Horror Story, another 80s thing. 1984, exactly. We're talking about how they're cashing in on nostalgia in the 80s. And American Horror Story, definitely one of my favorite seasons to date. Um, there's been a bunch of terrible seasons. I love the first two seasons, but 1984 is up there. I like actually all the seasons, except the hotel to me that was the weakest one. But I, I love American Horror Story. I love 84 and how it ended with uh, Mr. Jingles. Yeah, it was cool introducing that character and there's a lot of good twists in that show that I didn't predict, and it was cool how they went a new direction. They got rid of all the like the famous actors and kind of went with uh, unknowns, you know, and it, it turned out pretty well. Yeah, it did. Evan Peters wasn't involved at all, but it shows, you know, Sarah Paulson wasn't there either. Mm-mm, or Jessica Lange. Yeah, her too, yeah. But, you know, they actually, uh, they're going to do season 10, but FX, they said they signed on for 10 seasons. But Ryan Murphy is unsure what will happen after that. So he said he might either take it to Netflix or he's just going to reboot Screen Queens. Really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, he he doesn't know the, the future of American Horror Story after season 10. 
Dang. You know, honestly, I think they can go out with a bang. Just do it the final season, like season 10 of American Horror Story, and then, mm-hmm. like, pick up on Scream Queens. I think they should go out on top or something. Yeah. Because I actually did watch Scream Queens. I liked it. And we never got to find out who the Red Devil was. Right. Me too. I remember watching it, like, every – when it came on during the – like, every Wednesday or whatever. Like, when it came out, I watched every every episode and really fell in love with it. And I love seeing Jamie Lee Curtis working with, you know – Basically, the cast of American Horror Story, Emma Roberts, and Bill oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, that was a good show. So hopefully they continue doing more of those. I'd be on board with that. And Emma, Robert, Emma Roberts wasn't like the traditional, because she's been like put in the same role for years now. So it's like I'm finally bad. not yep. doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I don't really care for her, honestly, as an actress. But mm-hmm. I watched The Black Coat's Daughter not too long ago with Karen and Shipka from Sabrina. There's the horror flick by A24. It was really good, and I'm like, okay, Emma Roberts isn't that bad. And then she was in American Horror Story in 1984, and I thought she was really good, too, and not as annoying as she usually is. So I thought she did a good good job with the new season. No, I actually do like her as an actress only because I remember her from when I was a kid. I used to watch on Fabulous. I know that's a girl show on Nickelodeon, but, hey, I watched it. And I remember I watched it, and it's like, oh, now you're in, like, horror movies. That's awesome. That's cool. You're, like, growing up with her. Passing things have been pretty solid. I'll give her another chance. I think it's just her being typecast all the time as the same character. gets annoying. Yeah. Maybe that with a lot of people. Yeah, they do. Jesse Eisenberg from Zombieland. He's always the same. The same person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see Zombieland, too? Yeah. Me and Henry, I went down to visit Henry in uh, southern Illinois. Over Halloween, I was off work for like two weeks, and we went to see that first night I was out there, and we had a great time with it. We laughed a lot. Not as good as the first one, but it was a you know a solid sequel. It's still funny, cool seeing Bill Murray and the whole cast together again. Yeah, that ending was like my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> that was the best part for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, had a good time with that for sure. Um, there's a like, ton of movies like put out the past few months. It feels like every week I'm going to the movie theater. Um, it's going to be interesting at the end of this year. It's only, what, a few, few weeks away. We're going to be coming up to January. It's going to be interesting what our, like, top ten lists are for movies and TV shows. My list keeps changing. What about your list? A lot of good flicks on there? Yeah, most of it is actually what's streaming, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but I never thought I would say where some of the stuff that's streaming is better than some of the stuff in the theater now. Because I always used to tell, like, my pam- parents where it's like, oh, you know, I can live in the back of a movie theater and eat popcorn and I can actually live there and watch all these movies. But now it's like, I think being at home and watching streaming is actually better. <laughs> That's true. That is true. They put out a lot of great content, original content, like Prime Video, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+. Plus. There's a lot of services out there. you got HBO. That, you know, it's taken away from the movie theater experience. But, you know, lately they've been putting out some pretty decent flicks at the theater. It's been taken up uh, by, like, top five list of favorite movies of the year so it'll be interesting to see what my my list and henry's list and what your list will be at the end of the year i I love doing that looking back at all the stuff i but it's going to change like watch by next week when i see knives out it's going to change oh yeah that's how it was for me after seeing i'm like okay that that uh moved another movie out of the list i'm going to be putting that in my top five (laughs) so yeah i'm interested to see what your thoughts are on that flick hopefully you like it as much as i did I think you will. I'm sure I will. A TV show I've been binging lately is uh, Watchmen on HBO. Have you seen that? Yes, I do. I love Watchmen, but someone I work with, I won't say who, absolutely hates it. Really? That's surprising. It's really well done. Because, you know, you know well, I, I just think it's interesting where it's Watchmen, but they're using these characters to make 
statements about racism or um, you know politics, and it's more than just the traditional superhero and even the, the costumes. That's how a superhero would probably look in reality. They wouldn't be chiseled and have all these perfect suits. So it feels really real to me, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah, and it definitely has, like, the boys' vibe to it. It's, like, darker and grittier, and it's more violent, and they're more, like, real people instead of, like, these out-of-the-world characters that aren't believable. I think they really – Regina King is definitely the best part of Watchmen. She's so good. And I, I've been invested just seeing these characters, what changes through each episode of, you know, Don Johnson's character dying and what's coming up in the final episodes between, you know, Tulsa Police Department and then you have the um, the white supremacist group, the 7th Cavalry. It's going to be interesting what happens, how it all wraps up at the, first, the end of the first season. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that guy, I forget his name, the villain from Aquaman. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But he, he's just collecting all the DC checks because he has Watchmen, he has Aquaman, they're going to put him in Aquaman too. And I, I saw the picture that they put out yesterday where he's uh, in blue, like Dr. Manhattan. Really? Huh. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that, Like, but I, I'm interested. I like Watchmen a lot. Yeah, me too. Like, um, I, I love the movie. I haven't read the comics, so I know this is more true to like a sequel to the comics, so I'm not as familiar well, with the source material, but... The, I'm I'm getting the gist of it for the most part. The Watchmen comic, the original comic, is, in my opinion, classic literature. Because even, you know, I even had a teacher who's like, "Hey, read Watchmen." Just and the movie is very close to that book, but they changed the ending of the book because the ending of the book was not really well received. And there's okay. actually a sequel to Watchmen that DC is doing called Doomsday Plot, and that one features the Justice League, and you have Superman going up against Dr. Manhattan, and that one is from the actual, I believe, writer of Watchmen, the actual creator, but this TV series doesn't follow Doomsday Clock at all. They're not even remotely the same, so it's two different visions of what a sequel should be. Alan Moore, and uh, they didn't want their names on it, uh, on the TV series. They said they don't like it, they don't want to have any affiliation with it, don't even put my name on it. Wow, that's not, yeah. I mean, that sucks for Damon Lindelof, that's the director of the, the new series. It sucks that the creator's like, no, I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> they didn't get yeah. you know, a stamp of approval kind of thing. No, but, you know, because to them, Watchmen was fine on its own. And uh, it's crazy this season. There's, like, a lot of stuff going on. I'm not 100% sure what exactly is going on at times, but uh, I do love the cast, and hopefully they – Kind of answer some of my questions towards the end. I think there's only a few episodes left, right? Doesn't it end this month? Yeah, exactly. And it, it, I'm going to be honest. It started out a little slow. I was like, okay, it doesn't really connect to Watchmen, the movie, or the comics like they promised. But it stands on its own later on. That's what I like about it. Yeah, it, it took me a bit to get into the first two episodes. Then it kind of really starts picking up, and then you get really into it. Oh, You're yeah. Just trying to set, set up, you know, some of the characters and kind of – what they're going for, and it definitely picks up and gets a lot better again. Regina King is the best performance in the show. So uh, in terms of upcoming shows and movies and things like that, uh, we have The Witcher hitting Netflix on December 20th. I'm really excited for that. You know, it's a book and game series, uh, but we have, you know, Henry Cavill we're talking about from Superman. He's This is his new show. It's more of like a fantasy kind of vibe in the new series. Uh, what do you think about that, Niall? Are you excited for The Witcher? I am. It looks like it's going to be the video game movie that's actually good for one. And it's very, very true to the actual game itself. So, and just the style of it looks amazing. It looks exactly like the game, 
which is what I think a lot of fans like me want to see. Yeah, but I don't want to just go from looks because, you know, that um, Tomb Raider movie with Alicia Vikander was very stylish and exactly like the actual game, I think the 2013 game. It didn't do all that well at the box office, so it really shows that even if you have the look, you got to have the real source material that not only fans will appreciate, but everyday people who don't even play games will appreciate. Yeah, it's got to attract all different audiences. Yeah, we got the the final we were talking about earlier, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker coming out on the 20th as well, same day as The Witcher. Hidden theaters around the world, it's probably going to make a lot of money. And um, like I said earlier, I'm on the fence about it. I'm excited, but also not expecting much. So in terms of Cinefellows, we got some upcoming projects towards the end of the month, or I should say in about a week, we're going to start posting some more Christmas movie reviews on our YouTube channel. I'm going to be revisiting a lot of classics. We just watched uh, Miracle on 34th Street. I'm going to be reviewing that, some other classics, and some new movies they just put out that I'm watching for the first time. Are you going to be watching any Christmas flicks, doing any reviews? I hope so. I really want to see some Christmas movies, actually. But I want to make sure they're Christmas-themed. I want to go back and revisit some Christmas movies, actually, because it's been a while since I've seen a Christmas movie. Around Christmas, at least. Yeah, I've been watching every other genre except Christmas, but I did just watch Noel. That's on Disney Plus. It's that Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader movie. It was pretty solid. So I'm gonna post my review up probably next week. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I have some family members who are watching all these crappy Lifetime Christmas movies. Oh. Oh God, that was the worst. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Bad acting. Same story. You know. But besides that, yeah, we're going to be posting Christmas videos for the holiday season because we love Christmas time here, uh, all about giving. And uh, we also have some more podcasts coming up. Uh, Niall and I were talking about a Q&A we'll be doing in the next few weeks. So if you guys haven't already, submit a question over to cinephils at gmail.com or reach out to us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Ask us a question, and we will answer it for you, and it can be dirty. Or it could be a nice question, whatever you guys want to do. Besides that, uh, more reviews will be hitting our uh, social media platforms or websites. Uh, we got Niall, Kevin, myself, and Henry doing reviews and TV and movies and entertainment. That's what we love here at Fellows. So, Niall, it was a good time today. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Episode 55. It was a great time talking to you today for the first time. I'm looking forward to more podcasts with you and laughing and talk about everything in the entertainment business. Same here. I had a great time talking with you, Logan. This is always fun. So this is Logan Myers and Niall Fortner signing out from the Cinefellas Podcast. Until next time, cheese! Cheese! Love those wild boys.